I think the best way to defeat this stand user is uh, use the hand to attack the uh, Josuke. No, wait, hold on. Uh, Okiasu. Okiasu, please. Who said that? Who said that? Zahando. Huh? Huh? You can talk? Okiasu, I can't watch you do this anymore, please. Just use me to attack the ground around the so you can corner them, please. Something. Wait, 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 you, you could talk the whole time? How come you haven't talked the whole time? I thought you wouldn't be able to handle it mentally. I don't I don't know if I can. This is too much. Okay, I'll oh, see. Oh, no. Y'all, you've seen all the sorts of things that I've done. Are you going to tell anybody? Okay, I'll see. I just want to live for tomorrow. Please. Please, just come up with a better strategy. I have ideas. Just use me correctly. Well, no, that's great. I'm really excited about this. But first, I'm going to give Rohan a high five with the hand. Okiasu, please. You really do have no dignity. Hey everybody, and welcome back to No Dignity, the podcast about everything JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I'm one of your co-hosts, Chris Ng. And I'm Alejandro Vargas. So... Audience, have you ever wondered uh, how come how come some stands talk? Yeah, that's always been something for me. Because when you know we first see magicians red, hermit purple, and star platinum, they're essentially just tools for stand users. But yeah, and then all of a sudden they start talking, yeah. and it throws the whole thing for a completely different loop. So today uh, we are going to try to hash out why do some stands talk and some stands don't. Uh, and come to some sort of conclusion, I think. Mm-hmm. So the first thing we want to clarify is that we are not talking about stands in which the user is talking through them. No, that does not count. So that would include uh, King Crimson. Yes, uh, that would also include uh, um, Judgment. Highway Star. Uh, one of them. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and quite serious. There's a lot of stand users who talk through their stands, and they don't actually have a talking stand. Right. Oh, High Priestess. Yeah, High Priestess. Empress. Death Thirteen. Death Thirteen. Yeah. 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 Um, and so those ones do not count because they're still just tools. Now, why why do some people speak through their stands and others not? Um. We're not really sure about that either. I mean, these are only the... They're very long-range stands, so... Yeah. I guess there's something about that. I guess it would be sort of weird for uh, Jotaro to speak through Star Platinum when it's standing right next to him. I mean, he did that underwater, but I guess it's just so uh, Dark Blue Moon and Captain Dragon can hear him. Oh, that's true. Like, imagine imagine you're, like, Jotaro or something, and Joseph's just real lazy. He doesn't want to go in the other room to talk to you, so there's just a purple vine yelling at you. <laughs> that would be a little unnerving does it have like a mouth or is it just like transmitting thoughts i i i don't know what if it made a face out of the vines uh, i hate it okay so uh we are talking specifically about stands that seem to have their own independent sentience yes um so i have i have three theories here i'm just gonna throw them at you and let's see see what you think uh, throw them we'll at me. talk about the stands that might kind of fit in that theory all right um so theory one is that 
stands that are talking by themselves are either like the user's subconscious or another part of their personality that is trying to express themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think the the primary examples of that are going to be Trish. Yes. Because the very first time Spice Girl manifests itself entirely, it's like giving her a pep talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like, hey, Trish, we can do this. I am you and you are me and we are powerful and whatever. And I've always been there. Yeah. Believe in the me that believes in you. Uh, the other major person that, that kind of demonstrates this is uh, Koichi. Yeah. I think because, you know, Echoes Act 3 is uh, very loud and obnoxious and it cusses and it knows English. S-H-I-T! <laughs> All sorts of things that uh, Koichi probably deep down wishes he could do. Mm-hmm. So what do you think? I'm thinking that those two uh, go pretty well. And what I'm hearing here is that Mista is basically just like multiple personality disorder worse than Diavolo. Well, yeah. And you know what? Sex Pistols by itself is very, it is probably the strangest stand when you really break it down. Yeah. Because it is automatic, long range. It is telepathic with itself, but not with Mista. (laughs) (laughs) Like number seven can talk to number five telepathically, but for some reason... Number five has to physically say it out loud to Mista. Yeah. Um, It has six distinct personalities. It needs to eat. And there is a social hierarchy within the stand. I mean, hey, there's a social hierarchy within different stand all along the watchtower from Purple Haze feedback. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a deck of cards. And the uh, the queen's always the one they all worship. Ah. Um, but I totally get what you mean. Also, it is the only stand on record to be attacked by a physical object and uh, receive damage. Oh, with the scalpel. Yes. Huh. That's a big oopsie. That is a that is a very big oopsie. Wow. Hmm. That's uh, that's big. Add I don't know what to the, do with that. I really don't know what to do with that. <laughs> add that to the uh, Iraqi forgot list. Yeah, I guess so. Um. So I mean, I don't know what what. Uh, what else is on the list of sentient stands, and do you think that fits with what we're talking about here? Um, I'm thinking probably um, maybe like Anubis. Um, there's a different stand later on um, who who is called Yoyoma, and it is like the most like person that we we know more about the stand's personality than the, than we do the user, hmm. right? And this stand just talks and talks and talks. It is mouthy. And it doesn't even seem like malicious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, Dragon's Dream, but I don't like talking about Dragon's Dream. Yeah, you know, everyone keeps talking about how confusing Dragon's Dream is, and I haven't gotten there yet. And I, I just, it's so mysterious. Like, ooh, Dragon's Dream. I uh, I love these fan translators. Like, I wouldn't be uh, in part A of JoJo without you guys. But at the same time, I can't wait for an official translation of whatever Dragon Dream does because <laughs> i need that like cleared out for me okay like part three automatic stands or sentient stands there's really only one right it's anubis yeah there's anubis and uh, so anubis like has his own personality he seems to exist without a user he seems to predate almost every other stand in the series <laughs> um, he is like the oldest stand yeah 
Um, obviously, like there's that this theory doesn't hold well with him because there's no user, so there's no personality to base it off of, unless you want to be like, well, it's based off the original personality of the sand user. But well, there was the blacksmith five thousand yeah. years ago. <laughs> That's major, major conjecture. So I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> it's same problem, I think, with cheap trick, because unless you want to really believe that insurance guy is secretly <laughs> hyper evil, uh. <laughs> As he was trying to save Rohan. Yeah, I just don't see how that that whole, the personality aspect of this theory kind of works. Um, so it's really strong with Echoes and Spice Girl. Less so with Anubis and Cheap Trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said uh, all along the, no, no not that one. Um, Yo-Yo Ma, it's like this, the user's personality isn't really defined, so we have no idea whether that is, whether that, that fits this theory or not. Yeah. Yeah, I we didn't we're not counting Empress, right? Because she does have her own conversation conversation with Joseph that doesn't seem like it's Nena talking because it, that one's really hard for me to figure out. I thought it was Nena talking because it does say I won't let you find my user. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Yeah, How no. else would you say that? I'm not going to let you find my body. I or like you won't be able to catch me. That kind of thing, you know, maybe uh, that's true. I don't know. Well, I, oh, yeah, because that's true, because it is. Well, OK, so it is physically Joseph, right? Yes. Because he tries to use ham on and it doesn't work because it's his own body. Mm-hmm. So does this fall into the weird? Um, so we have this weird half category that we don't know what to do with. It's uh, the children of baby face and stray cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's physical stands. Yeah, Empress hits that. Right, because other people can hear her. Other people can hear her, and the doctor could see her. It was trying to cut her. It's trying to cut her out. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she fits in that category. I never thought of that before. Well, there you go. Huh. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with that one either. I mean, that's clearly not part of Joseph's personality. No, but... no, that's it's all Nena. And I kind of think they were sort of alluding to the ugliness of her because, like, her beautiful form was all a fake yeah and it looked a little bit like your stand yeah so i'm just gonna chalk that up to a weird physical stand baby thing like baby face maybe what if she was stealing joseph's beauty of course that's why he's so ugly throughout part three am i right that that's why he's so ugly after that part well i mean it was like the stand was slowly making him uglier he had a big old growth on him right (laughs) So it was I, like, hey, while you're while you're being infected by my stand, I also get to look hot because you looked hot. <laughs> I mean, but she looked like that long before she infected him. Because remember with Whole Horse? Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Right? Did Whole Horse even know how she looked underneath? Well, I'm, I'm sure he didn't because, you know, he does respect women. He does respect women. He wouldn't care either way. You're right. He was all about the, you know, the, the meaningful relationship, I'm sure. Of course, he ran away because he loved her. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. And then we have the ultimate sentience, and I can't believe I almost forgot, uh, Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. How could you even possibly let Foo Fighters slip your mind? Like, I don't, I don't I'm not, know. I don't even have to talk about JoJo, and I'm thinking about Foo Fighters. <laughs> Everybody is so in love with her. I haven't read that much of her to be, like, Foo Fighters' best girl yet. So this one's weird. It's like the plankton seems to have gotten sentience from 
a stand. The stand disc. And we, we kind of talked about this when we were talking about animal stands, but I don't know. <laughs> I mean, the way I see it is that the plankton, like that colony of plankton, like together they have a stand, right? And all uh-huh. of them put together just kind of create that like sentience and that intelligence. Right. So it's like these plankton always had a group hive mind, and I guess that group always had a soul, and so you could attach the stand to it with white snakes dvd rom player or whatever um <laughs> i mean they were given the intelligence by white snake right so so you know i don't think this this doesn't seem to fall well into the theory that it's it's just different personalities because uh well there's a single personality and seemingly millions of plankton involved so. <laughs> i mean hey maybe they're all just like real similar like you know like he said like a hive mind where they all just kind of come to the same conclusions. It's like, uh, oh, you've never played Mass Effect, but there is one character in Mass Effect 2, which is a it's a robot, but the robot is filled with like millions of uh, artificial intelligence. <laughs> and um, they take a rapid fire vote every time they make a decision. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I gave that as theory one because it seems to be my weakest theory. Like it works really well for, for a couple of characters, but for the, most of the others, it doesn't make any sense. This is my second one. Um, and that is that the alien virus is sometimes sentient. The alien virus that creates stands. Yeah. So, you know, part five, Araki goes, I better try to explain the stamping a little better. Yeah, especially if you're going to give him out willy nilly like that. <laughs> yeah. So he decides he's going to come up with this um, alien virus theory and basically says that everyone with a stand is just infected with the virus. To me, that kind of indicates that, like, the reason the stands look so weird is that's because that's what the aliens look like. I mean, that's arguable. Like, I get it when they all have like the the the, the headlamp eyes, like hierophant green and echoes and stuff. Right. But like the ones with the human eyes, like let's say Killer Queen or like uh, Star Platinum and like you know Crazy Diamond. Well, okay, but like Killer Queen is part cat. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, Star Platinum is a purple Aztec man. <laughs> like, uh, so it just—it's not impossible that you would have an alien that looked like that, right? Like, if I just pulled Star Platinum and showed it to somebody who didn't know what JoJo was and said, "Look, this is an alien from a sci-fi show," they'd be like, "Oh yeah, okay." Well, I mean, you can pull a bunch of stuff from JoJo and say it's an alien from a sci-fi show, and people are gonna believe it, right? And that's why I think, like, that's to me in this explanation, the way stands look are because of why of that's what the aliens look like now mm-hmm. don't ask me to explain aerosmith in math because <laughs> that's the only part where it falls apart <laughs> the aliens just they really like humans they took all their aviation techniques from aliens obviously we're getting like ancient yeah. aliens on this right now guys this is a this is a history <laughs> podcast now <laughs> yeah they didn't tell you that uh world war ii bombers were really discovered in ancient ruins yeah, what they, you know. what they didn't tell you is that Joseph, the it was that George II, uh, when he died in that plane crash, he was uh, reincarnated as Aerosmith. Oh, nice. Well, nice. he was murdered. Like he didn't actually die in a plane crash. Uh, that's what they want you to think. But he does like to fly. <laughs> yeah, he does like to fly. <laughs> this sort of explains a little bit better, like with more consistency, why sometimes they're sentient. I mean, if it's just like a virus and parts of the virus kind of create sentience and it's just like, that's how it inter- interacts with you. And then uh, there you go. Just sometimes it does that. And sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it has to do with your ability to, I don't know. We see like 
part of me thinks that, you know, what is the purpose of the virus? I mean, per- the virus, any virus's purpose is to just exist, right? Yeah. And then uh, what I thought was funny was uh, in the part five explanation, Araki sort of incorrectly uses uh, viral evolutionary theory. Explain. Because uh, viral evolutionary theory is actually that viruses get weaker over time because the weaker viruses are more likely to be spread from person to person. Like the common cold will not kill you. And that's why it will always exist because it just pops from person to person and never kills anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Ebola kills you pretty much right away. And so you have a very low chance of spreading the virus to another person. And so therefore like the virus can't continue to exist. All right. I get that. So with the way Rocky's putting it is that they get stronger. Yeah, like some people get stronger and other people just die, which is not how viral evolutionary theory works. But is the virus created to make stands? Is it like, was it an alien super weapon? Uh, if if I can share my little theory over here, I kind of took it as like, you know, it's like an alien virus, you know, because it is. It's like an, it is like a virus. Uh, what I took it as was that um, it basically just kind of like, took like certain parts of their brain and it tried to like manifest any kind of being it could out of them as to like continue mm-hmm. existing so what i assume is that like stands are not like the primary species of wherever they came from mm-hmm. i thinking like wherever they came from they're still like stand-esque like in their context and like how they're you know seen right because i don't I think these things are like the our primary species all right. When you have uh, stands that literally just tell you that you're doing a good job, I don't see how that can be a primary species. What stand is that? That's uh, hey yeah. Hey, it's just really encouraging. Yeah. yeah, its entire power is that it just like tells you encouraging stuff and it tells you that you're cool. Oh, it's a very wholesome stand. That's <laughs> the most wholesome stand in existence. That's going to put a real crimp in in another theory I have later, but that's okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's theory too. The alien virus is sometimes sentient. Uh, you know, it, there doesn't seem to be a pattern between like the users who have sentient stands and don't. I mean, Trish and Koichi do. But other than that, it's like, I don't know, Mista's just like, because <laughs> it's funny, I guess. It's funny. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Um, I mean, you know, the stands is aliens thing. I can really see that in part five because there is like a lot of visual consistency between these stands. Um, I, I'd like to yeah. see. Part five has a lot of visual consistency between stands that I really like because it gives them like a definite part five feel to them. Um, But, you know, (laughs) we have Mr. President, we have um, Aerosmith and we have Beach Boy. And those are (laughs) those are distinctly the ones that take over like man-made objects. Right. But like the the humanoid ones do have like a a style to them. Yes. Um, That you could kind of see like, oh, yeah, maybe they're alien like like if every stand were a man-made object i could see like you could argue oh that's just like something in your subconscious that's really important to you but never in my wildest dreams would i ever imagine something as like frightening as sticky fingers (laughs) yeah what what personality you have to get the thing that can open anything like what is an overpowered personality yeah it's like i don't know butcherati's like determination to get past the barriers in front of him My last theory, so like theory two, it goes very scientific, right? It's like the alien virus. Mm-hmm. But theory three kind of leans back into the original way Iraqi 
pointed out sand, which is like, this is the manifestation of your soul. Yes. Um, so what I kind of thought was like, if souls are real, um, what if stands are just sort of genetic spiritual husks that are looking for a soul to occupy? You know, like it, it needs a soul essentially as a battery to to power it up. But some stands have leftover soul from their last users in it. Mm, I, I get what you mean here. I, I really do. So essentially a stand just needs a soul to like power it up and people essentially get their stands by whatever like chooses them. Yeah. And so that's why certain people can be chosen and some people aren't. Right. So essentially like if your soul is too weak, the stand just eats your soul and you die. I, I get that. I get that. Mario is not powerful enough to have a stand. No, nor is Holly, apparently. Nor is Holly. But Kira is powerful enough to have like <laughs> three to have like three. Did you? This is a total sidebar. Did you see that meme uh, right after like the Seco episodes came out where they put uh, so they had Chocolata with Araki's head and then uh, Seco with, with Kira's like, you want two Stendo powers? He's like, three. You want three Stendo powers? <laughs> It's great. It's great. I I saw one where it was um, <laughs> it was Star Platinum, and you know it had like time stop, Star Finger. It's like, hey Kira, how's it Rocky let you have three powers? <laughs> uh, um, I was actually I remember right now. Okay, Miki Taka, right? Right. He is an alien, or at least we're supposed to believe he's an alien. Right. Um, and so I guess my idea of how uh, that would work, right, is that like he his stand Earth, Wind and Fire, it's just integrated into his body. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's just him. I'm thinking that's how stands work for aliens. Like it never has that like form to it. Right. Like it never has that like separate form. And so I'm thinking Miki Taka might actually look something like a stand when he's not like looking human. Yeah. I mean, he's not look that human to begin with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It looks pretty alien. Um, it is one of my favorite fa fan theories that Mikitaka is from the same world as the uh, stand meteorite, which is why he already had a stand when he got here. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's never made official one way or the other, whether or not he is an alien or not. Yes. Uh, but I don't know. Wait, um, wait, that theory. Uh, where does Superfly fit into that? So I kind of think <laughs> Superfly operates on a Metallica-like level, where you just have, or or even like a um, a Pearl Jam, where you just got tiny little stands running all along the the pylon. Tiny little stands running all along the pylon. Yeah. Even uh, when the whole pylon is starts glowing. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that also brings uh, up the idea: was the pylon always there, or did it just appear? <laughs> Keicho shot the pylon with the arrow. Keicho and shot the pylon with the arrow. And he said, Haha, pylon, will you survive and kill my father for me? And then the guy living on the pylon's like, What the heck are you doing? <laughs> and then he couldn't leave. Yeah, well, I mean, essentially, the pylon operates the same way Anubis does, right? Yeah, yeah, where it gets to, uh, it gets to switch users. Or cheap trick, even, too. It's like it just go from one user to the other i mean yeah but the pylon's like a physical object that was already there 
Yeah, I don't know. Which makes me question, if you were inside of a house and, like, Keicho shot him with the arrow, would he not be able to leave the house? Or is it mm. just to that pylon? Like, is it a him? Th- is it, like, the user thing? Or is it the pylon? He had to have shot the user, right? I assume he had to have shot the user. Yeah. And it's just that's how that stand operates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, I mean, so if if these things have souls, I mean, maybe even... I mean, this is an interesting thought. Maybe Superfly is a sentient stand because it defends itself, right? Yeah. It attacks. And it it falls into that vague category with like Stray Cat where it's like it's (laughs) it's acting on instinct. (laughs) (laughs) It's pylon instincts. Other people can see it. It's (laughs) it's a tourist attraction. <laughs> yeah, does it live does it love like attention? Was that what it was going for? <laughs> it wanted to like be loved. If it loved attention, I think it would have let more people in and out. That's true. Does it want to be left alone? <laughs> so that's 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 theory three. You know, the stands are looking for a soul to power it. Some stands will have a little bit of soul left over, and that's why they're able to talk and you know, have free will and make their own actions. Okay. Um, uh, Sex Pistols just had six souls in it. Question. <laughs> question about Gold Experience Requiem. So does that mean oh boy. Giorno just gets more soul? Because it becomes sentient after it becomes Requiem. Mm-hmm. So Gold Experience Requiem, if I go with either of my other two theories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I go with talking through stands and personality differences, I don't think that makes sense because... Gold Experience Requiem can act and use powers that Jorno doesn't even understand. Yeah, Jorno doesn't know what it does. Unless it's just like, is super ultra subconscious acting? Uh, I don't know. Because I mean, it's not like GER has, I mean, not that he's around that much, but it's not like he's got some kind of obscure, very different personality like Echoes Act 3, you know? It's still pretty serious and like determined and talking about the truth, just like Jorno was. So maybe that works. Yeah. Um, theory two, the alien virus is sometimes sentient. I mean, we're, are we gonna, it's, is the Requiem arrow different from other arrows? That's if, like, seems to be the big question these days. If I'm right, it does have more arrow to it than the other ones. Like it has like a bigger mass of stand power. Right. And it's got like that bug on it. Yeah, exactly. It's got the little bug on it. <laughs> it has to be different. It's got a little beetle. So maybe it has a more potent virus on it that like somehow mutates the virus that you're already carrying into being even stronger, like some sort of, uh, um, what is that called? Symbiotic super virus. Yeah. Would this also fit in with uh, people who are born with stands? I think so, because I think the implication with if you're born with a stand, you just somehow got exposed to the virus as it's traveling around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Avdal does mention that uh, fortune tellers uh stand users were old fortune tellers because people considered their abilities to be psychic yeah and we know that kakuin's family travels a lot considering that he was on a trip to egypt and that's how he got brainwashed by dio right and john pierre polnareff lives in france you don't know what's going on over there creepy serial killers were walking around so (laughs) um who knows (laughs) <laughs> yeah. 
also didn't diavolo have to like destroy like part of his soul to even like defeat um uh silver chariot requiem yeah so when king when king when king crimson have just like evaporated also does king crimson appear in diavolo's deaths like can you still summon him I mean, sure, but what is it going to do? <laughs> it seems more like... So Epitaph sees the exact future that is going to happen. Yes. And King Crimson can alter things so that Fate will happen that way. And it's sort of like Gold Experience Requiem puts him in a loop of existence that prevents him from ever reaching that point in time. Yes. So to me, it kind of feels like King Crimson is already committed. Like he can't do anything else because he's supposed to be punching Giorno through the chest in 1999 <laughs> or 2001 Italy. <laughs> so, so it's still trying to do that. Yeah, but it can't because he's stuck in a endless cycle of death <laughs> okay so all right no i i get that i get that i i'm i'm trying to understand that yeah so maybe the soul theory doesn't work because yeah you're right i mean although diavolo himself is really confusing because and this is another episode i want to talk about whereas i think araki as much as i love his storytelling he leans a little bit too much on the whole like the bad guys are just pure evil motif mm-hmm I think that's maybe why people are so attracted to Kira as a villain, because he's the first one that's not just portrayed. I mean, he's still portrayed as like pretty inherently evil, right? Yeah. Like even even his dad's like, well, you killed ladies and you just can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that trend ends with a uh, funny Valentine. Yes. From what I understand of him, he's a very complex villain and that's good. And I think Kira is still a complex villain, but Diavolo is like, I mean, if you listen to our last episode where we talk about how like the theme is sort of accepting yourself. And so Diavolo is just Dopio and Diavolo split apart and the good and the bad. That could be kind of interesting. But there's also that whole thing at the beginning where it was like his father died two years before he was born. <laughs> uh, like the whole like, oh, he's conceived by the devil. Uh <laughs> horror trope i mean look the devil conceived vinegar all right i don't believe that's <laughs> i don't believe that's too hard to understand so is is the implication like oh yeah diavolo can destroy his soul because he has no soul to begin with i mean he no obviously he had two souls he had more soul than other people that's oh yeah that's true because so, dopio yeah died on his own yeah dopio died on his own in someone else's body <laughs> So, Diavolo's just odd on the solar kind of thing. Yeah, and, and it kind of puts a real like stick into all any any sort of theory that's going to involve souls. Even though it was part three that kind of put that out there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess we can attribute it to like Avdol didn't know better. Sure. I mean, Avdol, you know, for the time that we did know him, he seemed knowledgeable in stands, but I, I don't assume he knew everything. Well, he's also a fortune teller. <laughs> Still fortune teller. 
I okay, look, part seven, they they changed the whole stand thing up, like how you get a stand. Right. Because it's no longer like soul and it's no longer. Well, it still is a meteorite, but it's also implied that stand powers are uh, divine in nature. Right. So you go we go from uh, science fiction to like religious fantasy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Because uh, Jesus gives Johnny his stand. Who is also sentient yeah <laughs> actually well, okay so let's talk let's talk part seven part eight like sentient stands for a second what, what is there okay so from what i understand there is tusk uh i think civil war oh really tusk is is sentient i did not know that yes tusk talks to johnny uh when it reaches act four and it actually has a mouth <laughs> oh yeah, I okay. I think Civil War. I I don't know if Civil War is actually sentient or it was just the user speaking through it. Because from right, we never see the user talk. Hmm. Um. Okay. And I think that's really it. Like hmm. Tusk. So is... uh, Tusk Act Four. Is, so it's a sort of like Echoes Act Three situation where it gets to its final form and therefore it is now all of a sudden talking. Yeah, it doesn't really say much. It's definitely not Johnny's personality, right? Mm. Um, I you almost get the idea that it's like this divine like power that's telling him how he use it. Ah, uh, okay. Right, where it's all like, oh, um, it's, it's like oh, uh, here, like it's like you have now attained the power of like the the perfect spin, like use it, Johnny, mm. like that kind of deal. Yeah, and. I, so no personality, just sort of like instruction manual. I mean, yeah, no real personality. I think it kind of has a personality when it's in Act One and it can't talk, but it does mm. like nudge and like whimper to him. Hmm. Right. So what I take it as is that it always had sentience, but it was way smarter than any of us took took it credit for, uh, gave it credit for. Uh huh. And so it couldn't really convey what it was trying to tell him until it was like in Act Four. Ah. Um. But yeah, Tusk is just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's Jesus. It's like, it's literally given to him by Jesus. What do you want me to say about it? <laughs> okay. Uh, what about part eight? Are there any sentient stands there? As far as I know, um, and I've read all of part eight up to the most recent chapter as of recording this episode, uh, there are no sentient stands. Interesting. It doesn't seem like there are, um, Fun, fun, fun definitely isn't saying anything. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, there is Milagro Man, but it doesn't have a personality. But it is like, it doesn't have a user. Right. So it falls into the weird cat, the stray cat category, I think is what we're going to call it now. The stray cat category? The stray category. There we go. Stray category. Okay. Okay, I see. Um, um, yeah, so Milagro Man kind of exists on its own and acts on its own. Yeah, Malagro Man is just—it's—it's it's odd. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> Malagro Man is odd. Let me see. Let me see. I'm—I'm I'm going through the uh, going through the the part eight wiki right now to see if I can remember any of them being sentient. Um, no, not I am a rock. Even though I think he talked through that one like a little bit. Mm. Um, there's this guy named uh Doctor Wu. Um, but his stand is like I don't know. It's part. It's integrated into his body, so I don't think that counts. Um, but yeah, no, there's just no sentient stands in part eight. Hmm. None at all. 
Unless no, I mean, uh, we we obviously know like this whole discussion is pointless because Araki just does whatever he feels like and whatever is most interesting to him, and that's you know created some really good stories out of these stands. Yes, um, but I think it is interesting to see if you can we can create sort of a pattern, uh, you know, an internal consistency of some sort. I just don't see one that really works that well for every example we have. <laughs> Actually, there's one that I think we've forgotten. Mm. And it's one that you've never heard of. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, if I can please direct your attention to Jojo Sapiens. Do you know that stand? Okay. Jojo Sapiens. I'm taking from the official wiki here because uh, Jojo Sapiens doesn't appear in any manga or any type of traditional Jojo media, but it is a stand. Jojo Sapiens is a stand designed by Hirohiko Araki in commemoration of the opening of Hirohiko Araki Jojo Exhibition, Repulsive Adventure. The stand um, appertains to a fan participation project of the same name. And the whole idea behind Jojo Sapiens is that it creates its user. Oh, huh. It's a stand that creates its user. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, it says in the description, Jojo Sapiens collects large amounts of data from Jojo fans and creates the ultimate Jojo human. Ah, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes, but it is implied that it does have a personality because it is the one asking questions. Right, yeah, yeah, like it's collecting data. <laughs> I mean, it is, that's its whole purpose. That's really, that's really interesting. Yeah, I... That is, uh, hmm, I don't know where that would fit in my theories either. I don't think it does. No, I don't think it does either. Because <laughs> in this case, the stand existed before the user, objectively. True. Uh, but then again, it is non-canon. Uh, any more sentient stands you want to talk about before? I have one theory for crackpot corner really that i want to entertain you with oh trust me we can talk about sentient stands cheap trick what's up with that guy all right like yeah we talked about it like where's the personality come from but like it its whole purpose is just to kill the user then jump on a new user what happens if the dogs actually did see uh keep, if they actually did see um rohan's back would he have jumped on the back of a dog only if that dog had a soul like iggy <laughs> Iggy confirms that animals have souls in the JoJo universe. So did Danny? But not all animals, just some <laughs> animals, like we talked about in the animal stand. So episode. only a few animals get souls. I guess you know the the animals that have evolved. So what I'm what I'm getting here is that Holly's so nice because she literally does not have a soul to be anything else. She has one. It's just weak. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna write something. I'm gonna write like the best fan fiction ever about how she's like how she went on like an adventure in like the sixties and how she had like an awesome stand and how the reason why she was dying in part three was because she can't handle two stands at once. Oh, that would be interesting. Did she is that how she met her husband? She like saved him somehow? Yes. And he goes yada yada a whole lot. <laughs> and he also plays his saxophone as she's beating enemies. <laughs> This will this will get a million likes on uh, Ao3. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, cheap trick is weird. Yeah. Okay. How about it's surf like an assassination stand? I guess. Yeah. <laughs> How about surface Hazamata? I don't know if I consider that sentient. I feel like it's being programmed. But you it, know, it argued with him, right? But because it had Josuke's personality. I mean, sure, but that's still a personality, right? 
Yeah, but it was like the fake Josuke was going to argue with him because that's what Josuke would have done. And then that was like the exact reason like he couldn't practice talking to his crush because his crush also just basically would have ignored him. And so that's what the stand did too. <laughs> so Hazamata's stand is the ultimate, what if I like ask this person out stand? I think it's like the, um, gosh, I feel like I've seen this. Oh, well, it's a Doctor Who reference, but in, in Doctor Who, they have this uh, in one season. It's like this goop, this like genetic goop in a vat. And then if you touch it, uh, it programs itself to your DNA and then it creates a uh, a fleshy clone of you mm-hmm. that you can control at long range. So like if you need to go somewhere dangerous, you touch the goop and then you like send your fleshy clone to do whatever. And then when it dies, <laughs> your consciousness just goes back to your regular body. Oh, great. So they got multiple lives. Yeah, basically. Um, and the whole point of that episode was that the goop was starting to get its own sentience and was like, can we stop dying, please? But anyway, <laughs> uh, I feel like to me, that's how Surface kind of operates. It's like it's kind of a blank slate. And then you put on the genetic material and it's like, OK, when act like that, this thing for as long as it can. And then, you know, eventually it runs out of power or whatever. You got to put more genetic stuff in it. All right. All right. I see that. Um, stands with personalities. I think we're forgetting the one with the most personality here. And now, stop me if you heard this one, Bastet. Uh, most personality a stand has ever had. It is an electrical switch. Uh, is an electrical socket. My bad. Is that the first one that looks like an inanimate object? Um, I am looking through the uh, wiki right now. Oh no, it's not it's, Emperor. Yeah, Emperor, Emperor is the first one looks like an inanimate. Object. It's just a gun. Yeah. You know, I always wondered, is there <laughs> <Gonna> stand? <laughs> I, I always wondered, is there like an invisible gunman that we're not seeing because whole horse just doesn't summon that part of it? <laughs> He's just using part like when uh, Jotaro just summons uh Star Platinum's fist. Yeah. He's just not going all the way through. No, he's not. That's that would be hilarious to me. That's what I'm wondering. Like, this is there like a gunman that we're not seeing here that he can summon? It's like, and it's it would have he would have killed everyone. It's like the most accurate gunman in the world. <laughs> Whole horse is too busy trying to look cool. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just the one that keeps baffling me most is really just Sex Pistols. Like how it's just like so complicated. <laughs> It's literally, I think, the most complicated stand in the entire series, just because like that much stuff is going on with it. From what I understand, it breaks a ton of stand rules, too. Yeah. And I mean, I love it. I, I, Misa! I mean, like, it makes me laugh every time. I mean, Sex Pistols is his own character, right? Like, that could be your favorite character in Vento Ario, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna, you know, say that you're wrong for it. As, like specifically number five because like number five had to help Giorno fight Chocolata, you know, and like overcome his fear and his inferiority of being the fourth pistol. His stand has its own character arc. Yeah, he did. He got a character arc, but Bugo did not. <laughs> <laughs> number yeah, like, five, character development. Number five got more character development than Fugo. Let that sink in, audience. <laughs> Uh, I think I just lost my argument from lo- the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, I should have brought this up. Number five had more character moments. <laughs> I brought this oh, up. Boy. Uh, um, any other sentient stands you want to talk about? Um, Goo Goo Dolls says Goo Goo. I don't care about Bohemian Rhapsody. All right, talk about it. Okay, so Bohemian Rhapsody is a stand that makes every single fictional character come to life. 
Would, does that does not count? Does it act as... like the fictional character is supposed to act like? It it they act like they're they act like exactly how they're supposed to act like. Then I'm gonna say this probably falls in like the surface category where it's just like following a programming and not creating a sentience. I mean, but if it means anything, there's some that when they meet up with the heroes, they're inherently aggressive towards them. Hmm. Right? Like yeah. uh, <laughs> the he, like um Weather Report meets a, a painting of Vincent van Gogh and uh it wants to commit suicide because it'll kill Weather Report too. Hmm. I mean or, that uh, just might be the nature of how you know the stand user's intent is to be aggressive and so that's how it's manifesting. It's sort of like surface doesn't turn into josuke and then turn around and punch hazamata because it's really josuke going like haha fool <laughs> that you know been it great. still has uh hazamata's intent oh yeah that would have been pretty good <laughs> where it's like don't copy your enemy <laughs> yeah. oh man i mean but in that case why didn't mickey mouse like try to like you know save everybody and be like oh, huh. um maybe iraqi doesn't like disney I don't know. I mean, he couldn't even show Mickey Mouse. That that's true. <laughs> you don't mess with the mouse. The mouse has got more lawyers in time than you do. Um, what was it? But you also see um uh like a mama a mama goat um that tries to kill Anasui and like what's okay. So another part of Bohemian Rhapsody's powers is that if you know the story or like the source material that it's copying from, you get mm-hmm. integrated as a part of the story. Right. So that's why when Vincent was trying to kill himself, he could have killed Weather Report, too, because Weather Report was familiar with his art. So it was basically Mm. just like, oh, well, now you're taking my place in this story. Despite despite having his memories removed, he remembered everything about Van Gogh. Yes. (laughs) Okay. I mean, so does that count as personality? Because all these characters do act like their characters. Uh, I don't know. Astro Boy does try to fight Godzilla. I'm just, I'm going to put it into the surface category of programmable stands, not the, uh, not Ascension category. Okay, okay, so Kenshiro. For me, you, you know, whatever. But Ken, uh, I don't know what that one is. Kenshiro. He is officially part of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure universe now because of Bohemian Rhapsody. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Him and Roa. (laughs) They fight off screen. Rocky, it's not, you can't just do that and make it everything a JoJo reference. That's not, that's cheating. Fist of the North Star is now a JoJo reference. Because <laughs> he showed up. Because <laughs> he showed up. And uh, so is Peter Pan, E.T., Snoopy, um, Pinocchio, Spider-Man, the pedestrian crossing sign that you see when you cross the road. That's JoJo reference. <laughs> <laughs> City planners are weebs. Okay, let's get into your crackpot theory. Okay, so here we are at Crackpot Corner, where uh, one of us or both of us come up with an insane theory that could possibly never be true. And I completely stumbled on this uh, by accident while I was working on the notes for the show. So, well, how much do you know about Superman? I mean, uh, All-Star Superman. Uh, Red Sun Superman. So you you know probably, so there's one of these basic concepts that kind of appears in every single Superman story, which is that of the Phantom Zone. Mm -hmm. Are you familiar with Phantom Zone? I am indeed familiar with the Phantom Zone. 
Okay, so, you know, for those of you who may not be, uh, basically, Superman is an alien from planet Krypton, where they put their uh, prisoners in a place called the Phantom Zone, <clears throat> where it's like a, another dimension. And then, invariably, uh, people from the Phantom Zone fall out, and Superman has to fight them. And they have all of his same powers because they're from the same planet. So, here's my crackpot theory. Um, all stands are prisoners from an alien planet. Prisoners. Yeah. So they were imprisoned on the asteroid, and then something went wrong, and the asteroid fell onto Earth, and they were therefore let free. Hmm. Uh, and so they go around trying to attach themselves to souls in order to kind of try to re-exist. Now, here, here's my evidence for this. Um, all stands are either violent, fraudulent, or invasive. Except for Heya. Except for Heya, but he actually kind of fits in a category... Uh, another category which might still work. Reform. So think about this. Like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Star Platinum. The thug. Guy who beat people up, right? Violent criminal. Okay. Hierophant Green. Jewel thief. Wait, Killer Queen. Speaking? Terrorist. Um, fraudulent stands would be things like uh, Cinderella changing your face or uh, Surface impersonating other people. Or, like, things that invade your privacy, like Hermit Purple or Moody Blues. Okay, so, but the sun. The sun, uh, yeah. Um, renewable energy baron. <laughs> you know, he was uh, trying to hog all the renewable energy on the planet. And uh, Toth? Well, everybody always throws a, a prophet into prison. I mean, that's, like, a common thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, you know, some stands are really specific, like fun, fun, fun. And, uh, you know, serial killers are, can sometimes be really specific in their methodology, right? Okay. Uh, bad company, a treasonous platoon. <laughs> um, uh, the hand, breaking and entering. <laughs> <laughs> Love deluxe? Um, obviously, like a, uh, like a domestic violence situation. <laughs> okay, okay. Superfly. Uh, seizing, uh, what is that called? Um, kidnapping, not or... civil forfeiture. Uh, the other one, um, imminent domain <laughs> when, when the property is illegally seized for the, uh, the use of government, uh, infrastructure construction. Okay. Okay. So these are just alien criminals. Yeah. And it just happens to be that, you know, people are using them for their own purposes, but yeah, really, they're just alien criminals. Um, the only three that don't really work in this theory is, of course, Hey Ya, which is just a very nice, uh, encouraging one, which could be, that could have been the prison psychologist. Okay. Right? Trying to, like, reform them. And then you have Crazy Diamond and Gold Experience because they're healing stands and, like, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, and my theory is that they were the wardens or the guards or something like they were the ones trying to keep those aliens in check. And that's why gold experience Requiem has the ability to reset them back to zero because he used to always put them back in their cells. Okay. Okay. I, I see that. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I can. And th thus concludes the theory. <laughs> I, I wait, I, I have questions. Okay. Go ahead. How about, a, how about Oasis? Um, gambling. <laughs> Illegal gambling. That one's easy. Uh, Oasis? Okay. I don't even want to think about what Babyface did. 
Oh yeah, that that one's easy too. Um, okay, maybe uh, burn- Beach Boy fishing without a license. So that's poaching <laughs> right there. Okay, I, maybe burning down the house is a little too obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dragon's Dream. What does okay? What does Dragon's Dream do? I don't know. I'm gonna go ahead and read the wiki on this because I okay. I, I can't like I can't describe it. This is a long long description for its ability like this is five paragraphs okay. long uh, dragon's dream is an unusual stand in that its functionality uh is neutral during fighting and cannot attack uh leaving kenzo the responsibility of defeating the enemy personally however as kenzo knows how to use feng shui power of dragon dream to its fullest the old man still possesses a tremendous advantage dragon's dream allows kenzo to usually uh finish off his opponents in one strike and only the resilience of Foo Fighters combined with Anasui's timing could uh, intervene to defeat him. Uh, oh, okay, I get that. That to, makes sense. To understand Dragon's Dream, one must understand the principle of Feng Shui behind it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hello? So basically, like, Feng Shui is like redirecting the natural energy of the world by rearranging your furniture. Um, so Dragon's Dream can manipulate the Feng Shui so that when he, like, taps you, all that Feng Shui energy basically goes through and kills you. Uh, inspired by the principle of feng shui, Dragon's Dream ability is split between its body and ring, both functioning as a compass on which Kenzo can read the coordinates in cardinal directions, degrees and minutes of lucky spots, points in space in which Kenzo can evade attacks thanks to the lucky place. Inversely, unlucky spots are points in which blows would be fatal. Yeah, actually, that's really cool. Um, well, I get that. and I, That's really cool. Um, well, how is that a prisoner? Um, uh, obviously, uh, fraudulent fortune telling. Fraudulent yep. fortune telling. Yep. Um. Yep. That's that's what that crime was for sure. Okay. Now I'm going to assume that this doesn't count for stands in seven and eight. Uh, well, it wouldn't make sense, no, because uh, they didn't they didn't come on the on the uh, what do you call it? Because they didn't on the meteorite. <laughs> Uh, there was still kind of a meteorite but this time it was a jesus meteorite yeah maybe maybe uh they're angels in in part seven and eight angels yeah uh, some, that's, that's jesus-y some of these don't look uh angel-like i'll say that much well you know in in traditional like catholic art and interpretation uh the angels weren't always beautiful some of them were pretty horrifying of course but i'm talking about like a dakota ring <laughs> okay that's that's true uh, <laughs> well thanks for your crackpot theory I I, <laughs> I I enjoyed it very much so what do you uh, listeners what do you think uh, do you have a, a favorite idea of why some stands are sentient do you like my crackpot theory what other crimes do you think these stands committed in their past life I, uh, let us know I know what ball breaker did <laughs> If you'd like to uh, contact... Oh, Meme of the Week? Meme of the Week. Meme I was just want to know if you want to introduce that second. Yes, actually. I, I have my Meme of the Week right here. It's nice and ready. Uh, this one is by Joe Josis, uh, Josta, uh, that on Instagram. And it is spelled J-O-J-O-S-U-S underscore J-O-E-S-U-T-A-H. Um, it is that scene from Star Crusaders where, um, Nuka, where Nukazaku 
the guy who has the lady face on the back of his actual face. Right. Hold on, where's that stand fitted? Never mind. Um, he, <laughs> Uh, says hey what's up and and uh, Star Platinum's fist like a centimeter away from her face saying sticky fingers could steal fetuses from wombs ah oh no and uh, it's it's a there's multiple memes in this the second one being hey what's up and the second is Joseph could could use her purple to steal people's nudes I kind of assumed he probably did do that that's how he discovered Dio and uh... (laughs) yeah yeah what else is there on on the line there um anime recommendations jojo uh <laughs> hey what's up rohan can use heaven's door to make people uh ejaculate without physical stimulation oh come on <laughs> uh have you ever watched my hero academia floor <laughs> you know actually that there is some sort of uh people are, are kind of divided onto whether how much physical changes uh rohan could do with heaven's door you know, they always cite like you will fly backwards at 50 kilometers per hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then people argue like the only reason it worked on Joe's game is because Crazy Diamond probably just threw him. <laughs> so, like, could you do that on a regular person? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's another discussion for another time, I think. Who knows? Uh, different episode Rohan's ability to be God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, my meme of the week, I have two. I'm going to cheat. I'm going to pick two. Um, First one is called Sad I Cried Six Tears. Uh, it's from user Jal Marquez123. So there's a picture here of Jorno. Mm-hmm. Um, his uh, outfit, though, is red, and his uh, ladybugs have been replaced by tiny pizzas. He is holding a pizza box, and he has a hat that says DiGiorno on it. Um, that by itself, not particularly funny, but then there's some text here. And I just want to point out, I picked this meme specifically for you. Okay. Because I know um, you recently finished Neon Genesis Evangelion. Uh, you made an excellent YouTube video about it. And uh, I think the text here is really going to help you uh, deal with some of these emotions. Okay. So here we go. This is Pizza Giorno. Pizza Giorno is a concept created by you as you read this. When you stop reading, Pizza Giorno will stop existing. Your attention is the only thing separating Pizza Giorno from eternal oblivion. I am afraid, says Pizza Giorno. <laughs> Is there more? No, that's the whole thing. <laughs> so that's... I know we've been dealing with existential dread. I just thought this might help you out a little. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. <laughs> um, the last one I have here, it's, uh, it's from uh, user IA Petronola. Um, and it's called Let's Stando, and it has the picture of uh, the Stardust Crusaders standing in a line from uh, the second OP. Mm-hmm. And then below it is a hand-drawn representation of their feet because they are different heights. <laughs> and so you have a Kakyoin standing on a 17-centimeter high box in order to stand in line with the rest of everybody else. <laughs> And then uh, Polner and uh, Abdal are on standing on slightly smaller boxes. And then just uh, Joseph and Jojo are on the ground. So, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Uh, those, uh, those dudes are High tall. accuracy jokes. <laughs> those dudes are tall. It's like when people try to <laughs> discuss how tall Koichi is. <laughs> when he's relative, when he's shorter, when he's shorter than everybody. 
Okay, so if you want to contact us, we have a couple of social media pages. We are on Instagram at no underscore dignity underscore podcast, Twitter at no dignity pod, Reddit u slash no dignity podcast, email no dignity podcast at gmail.com. Uh, or you can send in a direct uh, voice message to anchor.fm slash no dignity. And you can actually send us a recorded message and we could play it on air if that's what you want to do and, you know, be minorly internet famous. Uh, check out my other stuff. You can go to Sil Zero Chris on Twitter. That's S I L Z E R O. About to start season three of my Star Wars RPG podcast. So, uh, that might be fun if you like Star Wars. Mm hmm. Uh, and if you'd like to get more of me, I don't know why. Um, you can find me on Instagram at A Squid V. You can find me on Twitter at uh, A Squid TV. Uh, and my YouTube channel is uh, A Squid TV. I made a video about Neon Genesis Evangelion recently. If you want any commentary on the show, you're probably not going to get that from my video. But uh, <laughs> Don't spoil it. <laughs> but I'd I still like it. It's still a good video. <laughs> but I'd like to say I tried to capture some of the feelings it gave me after I finished watching it. So I, Yeah, it's very symbolic, which I feel like is uh, uh, loyal to the source material. Except I wasn't crying because my parents hate me. <laughs> uh, not in that video, anyway. <laughs> no, no, no. Hey, did you hear that, uh, did you hear Koichi has kissing practices on Echoes? Really? No dignity. Catch you next time. I was supposed to say to be continued. To be continued. (laughs) 